0: The message you are about to hear is brought to you by the word and sound ministry of the redeemed Christian Church of God. God bless you as you listen. Let us just say a short word of prayer to the Lord. Father, we thank you today. We thank you because you've brought each one of us here for a purpose. For you are a God of purpose. We pray, Lord, that that purpose for which you have brought us here will be fulfilled today. We ask, Lord, that your word will bless us and enrich our lives. We ask that our hearts will be good soil. We ask, Lord, that we shall not be hearers only, but we shall be doers of your word. Open our eyes today, Lord. Grant us understanding in our hearts. Bless us with the spirit of wisdom and understanding, Lord. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we exalt you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Please turn your Bibles to the book of George's George's chapter 16 George's chapter 16 I'm speaking about a time when kings go to battle Today we'll look at the example of Samson And it came to pass afterward That he, Samson, loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came in unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lies, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And we will give thee, every one of us, eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee. Wherein thy great strength lieth And wherewith thou mightest be bound To afflict thee Samson said unto her If they bind me with seven green withs Which which were never dried Then shall I be weakened And be as another man Then shall I be weak And be as another man Then the laws of the Philistines Brought up to her Seven green withs Which had not been dried And she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the wits as a thread of tow is broken when it toucheth the fire. So his strength was not known. And the said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thy might Thou mightest be bound And he said unto her If they bind me fast with new ropes That never were occupied Then shall I be weak And be as another man Delilah therefore took new ropes Bound him therewith And said to him The Philistines be upon thee, Samson And there were liars In wait in Abiding in the chamber And he brake them from off his arm Like a thread and Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said to her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. And she fastened it with the pin, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep, went away with the pin of the beam, and with the web. And she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, when she pressed him daily with her words, and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, then he told her all his heart, and said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. And if I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like other men. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up one, this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees and she called for a man and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I'll go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord had was departed from him But the Philistines took him Put out his eyes Brought him down to Gaza Bound him with feathers of brass And he did grind in the prison house Howbeit his head began to grow again After he was shaven The Lord blessed the reading of his word Everybody knows the story of Samson It is a very, very popular story. Indeed, Greek mythology actually based and fashioned the story of Hercules after the life of Samson. We all know Samson and Delilah. But today we want to look at this story that we've just read from that point of view of a time when kings go to battle. Because we find that, like David, we find Samson got to the place of Rephidim. We find that Samson got to the place of rest. He put his guard down. When he was supposed to be in the battlefront, he was tarrying steel at Jerusalem. Samson was with his own Bathsheba, whose name this time was called Delilah. And we know that that was his undoing. I want to explain how Samson refers to us. Because Samson is like a picture of the church. The church is supposed to be big and strong. But generally just roaming around blind. But let's just go to the beginning and take it, you know, from just that point, the beginning Let's turn to Judges chapter 13 And just look at the first five verses there That's the birth of Samson And the children of Israel did evil Again in the sight of the Lord And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines Forty years And there was a certain man of Zorah Of the family of the Danites Whose name was Manua, And his wife was barren. And bear not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, drink not wine, nor strong drink, eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive, and bear a son, and no razor shall come up on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God, from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel. Out of the hand of the Philistines. This is the story of of Samson's birth. And we are told here that Samson would be a Nazarite. Even so from his womb. And because he would be a Nazarite. The mother was not even allowed to drink wine or strong drink. Because Samson would be a Nazarite even from the time that he was being formed in the womb. So that womb that he would be in was even banned from wine and strong drink. But the sign, the outward sign of him being a Nazarite would be that his hair would never be cut. So we see that Samson was, as it were, consecrated unto God even from the womb. So much. He said about Samson's hair and him being a Nazarite But today I just want us to just briefly look at what it is to be a Nazarite Because the outward sign of a Nazarite was the fact that he would not cut his hair But there were many other things that he couldn't do as a Nazarite All of those things together, including the not shaving of his hair Is what made Samson a Nazarite It wasn't just that he didn't cut his hair Numbers chapter 6 In Numbers chapter 6 From verses 1 to 11 We have a list of things That make up A Nazarite And you will find as we read Numbers 6 That in Nazarite You can be a Nazarite by choice You can be a Nazarite As in the case of Samson By birth It says in verse 1 Of Numbers chapter 6 It says the Lord spake unto Moses saying Speak unto the children of Israel And say unto them When either man or woman So a woman could be a Nazarite Should separate themselves to vow A vow of a Nazarite To separate themselves unto the Lord He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink And shall drink no vinegar of wine Nor vinegar of strong drink Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, or eat moist grapes, or dried grapes. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine, and from the kernels even to the husk. And all the days of the, of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head, until the days be fulfilled in the which his separation, he separated himself unto the Lord he shall be holy and shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow all the days that he separated himself unto the lord he shall come at no dead body he shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother or for his brother or for his sister when they die because the consecration of his god is upon his head all the days of his separation he is holy unto the Lord. And if any man die very suddenly by him, and he hath defiled the head of his consecration, then he shall shave his head in the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day shall he shave it. And on the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, of the priest, to the priest, to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the priest shall offer the one for a sin offering And the other for a burnt offering And make an atonement for him For, what, for that he sinned by the dead And shall hallow his head that same day That's a lot of information about a Nazarite A Nazarite could be a man or a woman And a Nazarite could be by choice A Nazarite could also be for only a period of time Many things that the Nazarite couldn't do. He couldn't drink wine. Neither could he drink strong drink. The Nazarite couldn't even drink cider. He could not drink any thing that was made from grapes. He was not even allowed to even eat grapes. They said moist or dried grapes. He shouldn't eat. He could not come in contact with a dead body. Even the normal acts of mourning For parents were forbidden Why? Because the Nazarite Was to be completely separated Unto God He was to be holy Holier than the rest of the children Of Israel A higher standard Of consecration Was expected of him And the Bible says that Very very interestingly That perchance Somebody just died suddenly by him That person would have defiled him And he had to perform certain rites To remain holy One of which was He had to now shave his hair But that did not stop him from being a Nazarite So that the outward sign Was really that Okay, let your hair grow And because being a Nazarite was, could be by choice also. It meant that I could have decided to be a Nazarite. And as you can see, there's not much hair growing on my head, but I could still be a Nazarite. So Nazarite is not necessarily, we, we shouldn't just look at it and think that only because he had a lot of hair. It was a place where a person came to and separated himself clearly away from everything else unto God and for that separation certain things were imposed upon him there was a price that he had to pay he wasn't just meant not to drink wine nor strong drink even grapes he couldn't eat he must never come in contact with a dead body it was a price to pay. And the relevance, the relevance of all of that to us today is that once you become a Christian, you actually ha- have taken the vows of a Nazarite. Because you have taken vows to be, as it were, consecrated unto God. Once you say in your heart, I no longer want to live the life I used to live. I want to be a Christian. The Bible tells us that one thing that will happen to you is that spirit in you that was dead would become alive again. And the reason why the spirit comes alive is so that the spirit would attach itself to God. And anybody who knows anything about the Christian faith will find that after we are saved, after salvation, there's what is called sanctification, which is the process of being made holy. It takes some time. But you see, you become a Christian, you indirectly, without knowing it, you have entered into the vows of a Nazarite. But there is a problem. And that problem really is this. As we'll see in the life of Samson, Samson was a man like many Christians who believed in serving God on his own terms. Many Christians want to serve God on their own terms. Many are not prepared for any type of price that will inconvenience them. And so we, we tend to have arguments about, for example, the issue of drinking of wine. People will say, well, why, why can't I just drink a little bit of wine? And today, I mean, I heard a tape. Of a very very powerful man of God and just as he was jiving as he was preaching he jives a lot so he just went ahead and said that after that particular service that um, he was going over to his host's house to have some spare ribs and he's taking with him a bottle of wine then as soon as he said so on the same tip he realized he had said the wrong thing so he turned it nicely into a joke and said he, he was just playing on the religious spirits that were in the congregation. That he was sure people would say, ah. But the, the truth was, the man really, he drinks wine. <laughs> you know, he does. And um, many people do not understand, why, why, why? Wine is so harmless. It's harmless. Why, why can't we drink wine? It's not whether we can drink wine or not drink wine. In fact, the wine there just represents for us those things that we would really like to do. But which, because we have said to ourselves, we are Christians, we just must give up. That's all. Not necessarily because the Bible tells us in Psalm 104 that it was God who made wine. And it tells us the reason why he made it. So that um, he could make uh, glad the heart of man Let me just look at it I think it's Psalm 104 verse 15 It says And wine Okay, if you take it from verse 14 It says He cursed the grass to grow for the cattle And herb for the service of man That he may bring forth food out of the earth And wine that maketh glad the heart of man And oil to make his face to shine And bread which strengtheneth man's heart So these things were all made by God. But we see in this story of Samson that God says, Look Samson, you are going to be consecrated unto me specially. Even your mother, no wine, no grapes. Don't cut your hair. Don't do this. So many little, little things that Samson had to do. That was the price that Samson had to pay. There's always a price to pay for being a Christian. And sometimes the price is not so much that the Bible says as Paul said to to Timothy that he could drink a little wine for his stomach's sake. Fine. But the important thing is are you prepared to pay a price for being set aside unto God? There is a price to pay. And part of that price is not just wine. Wine is just one thing. It, It stands there and represents as it says, the things that make us glad, the things that really, as it were, make life go on. Are you prepared to set those things aside? Because when you are not prepared to set little things like drinking of wine aside, then you may not be prepared to set aside things like smoking either. Then you may not be prepared to set aside Wearing Dresses that are outrageous You might not be prepared To set aside Attending functions That are not Really for Christians You might not be prepared to set aside Those friends With whom Once you sit down The period you spend with them Is a catalog of sin You see what this thing is you are consecrated unto who? Unto God. Not to an ideology. And God says, okie dokie, there are some things I don't want you to do anymore. Are you prepared? For example, even listening to the music of the world, are you prepared to separate yourself from that? Because some, some Christians, just to show that they haven't lost it they they listen to everything so that they can not so much that they like it but so that they can at least when you want to talk they will know what to say they are there they understand what's going on the issue is not to reduce Christianity to the level of saying "Eh, so if I listen to this kind of music are you saying I won't go to heaven? no are you prepared to pay a price? that's all there's a price to pay for being a Christian that's all there are things that you should give up not for any other reason, but because you can say to God, because of you, Lord, I will leave this aside. David said in first chronicles chapter 21 that he will not offer the Lord something that cost him nothing. You see, but today we all want to offer the Lord a lot that cost us nothing. We just want to be who we are who we've always been. But the Bible tells us that when, you, when a man is in Christ, it says, behold, all things become new. All things have passed away. You're a brand new person. You're not the person you used to be. But we all have this thing that wants to pull us back to be, being the people that we used to be. And as I said before, if you take every single religion on the face of the earth, everyone, the only one that has a problem is Christianity. You know, if you see a Muslim lady, you will know she's a Muslim. They dress like Muslims. See, Hindu, they dress like that. If you see those who Hare Krishna, you see them, you know that that's what they are because that's how they dress the only people who look like an aberration on the face of the earth are Christians you know because Christians are really educated people so we want to in one breath claim that we are Christians and then in another breath just mirror the world just look exactly like the world that's why Christians today want to have christians christian nightclubs it will be for only christians but it will still have red and blue lights they won't serve whiskey they will serve coke maltina and soft drinks and water but the the thing is anybody who has ever been to a nightclub the engine inside the nightclub is alcohol it's alcohol, it's nothing else if you want colored lights you can put them all in your homes and then they will be playing only worship music in a nightclub well, okay, that's, the, that's why it's called a Christian nightclub and if they set up one in Lagos many of us will want to go you must be able to draw a line that was the problem of Samson as we will see If you turn to Proverbs chapter 31 I want us all to read together Verses 3 to 7 There's a price to pay And it's not such a lot of money It's not a lot of inconvenience Just a little price For the ability to enter Into the kingdom of God Where the streets are paved with gold Let's read together Proverbs 31 verses 3 to to 7 verses 3 to 7. Are we all there? 1, 2, go. Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. And wine unto those that be of heavy hearts, let them drink and forget his proper and remember his misery no more. And you are all kings and priests unto the Lord. Revelation 1 6. Each person here must decide for himself what type of Christianity do you want? Do you want because there are different types today? There's the Christianity of liberty, is that the one you want? There's the Christianity of pleasure. Is that the one you want? That the Christianity of dance and fun. Is that the one you want? But remember, at all times, that after salvation, there is something that every Christian must enter into. It is called sanctification. It is the same thing as being a Nazarite. Sanctification is the cutting away of all the things that we used to do. It's because what is it all about? It's becoming more like Christ and less like ourselves. Let's go back today. So let's, let's, just, let's just remember this bit about being, there being a price to pay. In fact, let me just say one more thing about that. True worship is that place Where for God's sake, the things that you really love, you can set aside. That's worship. Because God said to Abraham, Abraham, take thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and go up and worship me by offering him as a burnt offering. And we know that Abraham did just what the Lord said. And God said, because you have done this thing in blessing, I will I will bless thee. So, what are the things that you cannot give up for God? Think about them. And today, we must ask, I'm not saying it's going to happen like magic, but you ask for strength to be able to give them up. Pure and simple. A thing might make you extremely happy, but you will know if God wants you to set it aside or not. And if he wants you to set it aside, why don't you just set it aside? I remember a tape where I watched when Benny Hinn appeared on that tape and said he had had a very rough year that year with God. He had just bought himself a nice Mercedes 560. And then one day, he said he had God tell him that there are many people, when they see the car, They refuse to come to church. They think that church takes their money and that he should get rid of the car. He said, okay, he didn't mind. He hadn't gotten attached to the car, so he got rid of the car. He said, then God told him that he should get rid of his Rolex wristwatch. He said he he got rid of it, but he had a lovely diamond type in and that God told him that he should get rid of it also. And a few things like that. Some of the things he really, really loved Not more than five items, but as far as he was concerned, he said that year has been the hardest year (laughs) of his life. You see, because there are people in church. If you ever say one day that some of there's one or two people here, God says, get rid of your Rolex wristwatch. Hey, they will say maybe the pastor wants me to give him the the watch. It's true. Some will come and say, Pastor, yeah, show me where is it in the Bible. Please, please, if you just show me, pastor, will do it. Just show me. It's true. Why? Because you can't give it up for God. That's all. But you see, how you know you are making progress as a Christian is that as you walk, as you grow, you must find that you are giving up certain things. You just must. You can't find that the things you loved acquiring in the world, when you become a Christian, in fact, your desire for them increases and you acquire more. It's not like that. The world and God, they are never in the same direction. Never. Never. So what is it that you cannot give up for God? Today you'll talk to God about it. It's because if if you don't come to that place, then you really will never be a sanctified Christian. And if you don't enter into that place of sanctification, Christ will not be formed. If Christ is not formed, you won't go to heaven. There's a story of somebody who amassed a lot of wealth. It's a true story. But when the arms of the Lord reached out to him and they put him in detention, after he had tested detention for a while, one year, two years, he offered Everything. Just take everything, but can I have my freedom back? Sometimes people need to lose something or be inconvenienced so seriously. See, by the time Samson had lost his sight, he came to appreciate God so much. But you, do, you and I don't need to lose our sights. You don't need to have Something placed inside you by God before you know that there's a God. You don't need to. You can really have a good life. Let's look at the story of Samson. Judges sixteen. Before we can understand Judges sixteen, verses four to twenty two, which I read, let's just look at Judges sixteen, verse one to three. Then went Samson to Gaza This is so interesting And saw there a harlot And went in unto her And it was told the Gazites saying Samson is come hither And they compassed him in And laid wait for him all night In the gate of the city And were quiet all the night Saying in the morning When it is day We shall kill him And Samson lay till midnight and rose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with him, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill that is before Hebron. It's a very interesting story. But this is the way life really is. What's going on there? This is the man who is not allowed If he was walking normally down the road and somebody just had a heart attack and died by him, he had a problem. In other words, an accidental death near Samson created a problem for him. Why? Because he was holy. Of course, the Bible will never list for you every single thing that a Nazarite has to do. One of the things not listed, but which we know, he wasn't allowed to go and sleep with a prostitute. Not a Jewish prostitute, but a Philistine prostitute, for that matter. The Bible said he just did what? You can see why they had to remove his eyes. He saw. Many of you have the same problem. He saw a harlot. Just saw. And the Bible didn't even waste time, just, he just went in unto her. Now, notice this. Let's look at the spiritual situation here. Samson enters from the place of safety into the place of danger. Immediately he did that thing. What happened? The enemy surrounds him. The enemy is not afraid of him anymore. The enemy even waits and says, Tonight. Let's wait. He will come out in the morning, we will kill him. They knew about Samson's strength. What's going on there? You see, I said on Sunday, sin always uncovers your nakedness. Sin, such as that which David performed with Bathsheba, always brings, you see, the wages of sin is always death. Always. But something very strange happens. Samson lifts the gates of the city and walks away. Why? Why? It's so simple It's because the gifts and the callings of God Are without repentance At that point in time You see Samson's strength Had started waning But like um, I'll use the general As example He says if you put on a fan And it's working For a while maybe an hour And then suddenly Nepal just Takes off power It will take you some time to realize that there's no power powering the fan anymore. But immediately the fan, the power is switched off, the fan is still what? It's still rotating. To all intents and purposes, like there's electricity still working, but the electricity has stopped working. Then over time, it gradually slows down, it slows down, it slows down, and then eventually they come to a stop. Why would Samson go to a prostitute? Purely and simply. Because his flesh ruled him. I had the story. I have, to, I have to now say this one very, very guardedly. Of a woman. Now, let me tell you the joke. Whenever I say a woman, I might mean a man. When I say a man, I might mean a woman. I'm trying to hide the information. So I heard a story about a man-woman. <laughs> Very serious Christian. He loved God with all his heart. But on a daily basis, in his business, he was just defrauding the people. But he never missed service. Because he was a senior person in church. But it was just, it was, and you see, the thing is, there's a way you will put your hand into something. The only way that you can be saved is for that hand to be chopped off. That the hand will come out is a lie. It's true. So that the, the thing is not to get to certain places at all. And you see, in Christendom, you really, really find these type of people, people who love God. I mean, they really do love God. They'll do anything for God. But then they have a side that they can't control. The other day I was listening to BBC, I'll tell you this one because this one's on the news. The former president of Zimbabwe, professor, minister of the Methodist Church, Kenan Banana, very well-known man, a very intelligent lecturer in university, became president. They just found him guilty of homosexual activity. Apparently, all that time, all the houseboys in the state house were just dealing with them. And I I just wonder, when they now said he was a professor, he was a minister of the Methodist Church in his country, and um, when he saw that the, the whole case was going to turn against him, he fled. So they were now looking for him. And you just stop for a second and think of a man, professor in university. So well respected, they made him president of the country. There are not many of us who can be one professor, two minister of God, three head of state. If you look, you find it very difficult to, 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 to equal that. That's that really what they call um, a hat trick. Yet, he had a problem, he couldn't help himself. The whole thing came out. He now started running like a fugitive. There are some things that people shouldn't just do. That's life. This guy just opened his eyes, saw a woman, and I think that is the reason why God permitted that they should take out his eyes because Samson's eyes put him into a lot of trouble at that point, the next thing we see about Samson is he then came to yet another woman. And he loved this woman called Delilah. And there are people like this. We see them around. They are Christians. When you find a a respected Christian gentleman chasing somebody else's wife and the person is warned if you do this, I will report you person down begs and says it's my my weakness it's not your weakness it's just that there's something really wrong with you and by the same token there are many of us who do all sorts of strange things I spoke to a lady the other day I looked at her I I could just feel such a huge spirit of uh, what do they call it now seduction around her so I said to her, I said "You, you, you have a boyfriend she said yes, I said you've been sleeping with him He said, we know it's a sin. So we have decided not to see each other again. It's all rubbish. There are some things you just must give up for God. Some of us steal where we are. We do. But everybody does it. It's not the same kind of stealing as taking somebody else's property. It's just that type of stealing of the one they do in the place of work you must come to a place where you can say no let's look at what happened with Samson as I said the reason why that power was still operating in him you see that is the reason why after they had cut off his hair he got up and said I will shake myself as before why? because he had seen it a lot he had gone in on her He got up, he shook himself like before, there was power. Step by step, we walk towards the gates of hell. It starts one thing at a time. Never starts in one big thing. Always one thing at a time. It's amazing how far Hello, how are you doing? Are you new in church? Well, no, this is my first time here. Ah. You like you like the church. It's, the service is really nice. In fact, praise and worship is good. Simple, innocent greeting. Step by step. It creates a problem. The same thing with business proposals. There's something here. You can make so much out of it. And the thing is, as you get in deeper into it, you begin to see the devil. If you don't stop and run, he will suck you in. It's true. It can start very... In fact, it can start even with... a a Bishop might be the one that even introduces you to the business. Initially, you look okay. But as you walk in, and you walk in, And you walk in Unfortunately by the time you open your eyes and look You need God To remove you there Because the the attraction is already Overpowering That's what we see In the life of Samson And the problem that we must understand About God, I've explained that Prayer We just said this very briefly We went to Haiti to set up a church This is my own revelation on prayer We prayed Ah, we prayed 12 to 6 every day we fasted three months the church started in fact as we kept on praying two churches came into existence we left Haiti the churches died so we went back started again and then left and then two three years after you go to Haiti and you see something now a person who doesn't know what's going on will think ah is the man that they left there that has done a good job Mm-mm. he's done a good job but you see the prayers that have been prayed have finally come into the place of fruitfulness it's like you dig the ground and plant a seed the same thing with God God's long suffering see, something did this thing he got away with it he went to another woman he seems to have gotten away with it also the same thing with us. You do one thing, you get away with it. You do another, you get away with it. Let me show you how God works. Genesis 15, verse 16. It says in there, this is God now speaking to Abraham about the things that will come to pass. And God says, the reason why the children of Israel would stay a bit long, very interesting, why they would be in Egypt in captivity. In Genesis verse chapter 15, verse 16, it says, but in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So that the Amorites occupied the land of Canaan. They were doing what Samson just did. They just see a halot just going into her. And God was looking. How long did God look at the Amorites? Four hundred and 50 years because that's the time that the children of Israel had to spend where in Egypt and the Bible tells us that the reason why they will spend four generations is that the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full so it's like there's a cup for iniquity as you are doing it they are dropping the iniquity in there for you like ounces guess what? there's a cup for prayer as you pray, the Bible says that Revelation 5 verse 8 That they have golden vials Full of odors Which are the prayers of the saints And like I said, so many of us Each vial would let's just The Bible doesn't say so But let's assume that each vial has your name And so when you hold some of us If you hold your vial It's empty There's nothing there They they hold the one for iniquity is full and overflowing There are people here who are at the stage of that fullness of iniquity. The thing to do is, let it not be full. You can stop today. Because once it is full, you will feel the weight of God. That nothing is happening now, that everything is going well. You are doing things you ought not to do, and you are just prospering. If everywhere you turn, blessing. You'll be a daft person to think, That's how life really is. The Bible doesn't tell us that's how life is. It tells us that God is long-suffering. It tells us that his mercy endured for forever. It is for this reason, when the iniquity of the Amorites were full, that you tend to read the Old Testament and get the impression that God is a very bloodthirsty God. Because when he gives an instruction, he says, kill everybody. Children, animals, just kill everybody. Now you have to go back and check and find out okay, the reason why God gives this instruction is that their cup was full. Prior to the time that their cup was full he let them be. So what was Samson doing in seeing a and going into her? He was filling his cup slowly but surely. Slowly but Surely. 1 John 2, 16 Let's read that together So if you are here today You are playing with iniquity And nothing seems to be going wrong You are a real joker <laughs> You don't even know God, that's why Once your cup is full It is Full 1 John 2, 16 Can we all read together? 1, 2, go For all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but of the world so that Samson was so steeped in the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh let us who are here today and are toying with things be careful perhaps we are not toying with things But perhaps we know Christians who are toying with things. Once that cup is full, not all the king's horses, not all the king's men, will put Humpty Dumpty together again. It will be too late. It will be too late. Samson's strength has started waning by Judges 16 verse 1, but he didn't know But guess what happened He got three warnings He got three clear warnings If you read Judges 16 verses 4 to 22 You see three clear warnings The first time Tells Delilah not the correct thing And he gets up From sleep Each time Notice that something was Getting up from where? From sleep. When iniquity is being poured into our cup, most times we are asleep. Most times. I said to somebody, the other day I called her, I said, is there something you should be telling me? And she said, hmm. I said, there's nothing to tell me. She said, no. I said, there are some things I ask you to be doing for us. You are not doing them. Say a reason why. Ah, pastor, I'm doing them I said okay I said because you're my friend said, that's the truth if, if she wasn't my friend I'd have just dealt with her I said because you're my friend so sometimes even the pastor has friends I said because you're my friend go home and go and think now if there's something you should tell me come back and tell me if there's none I said praise the Lord Now that one is that I've given her a rope to hang herself And I have a feeling she's going to hang herself. Because that's how human beings are. Why? There's something the person is doing that has a much more powerful pull than God. And as soon as the person left, I can tell you what happened to the person. I just said, ah, thank God. I thought he was going to talk about that thing. Thank God. (laughs) Before he sees me again, (laughs) he will try hard. (laughs) Walking into death. You are saying, thank God. But you see, that's how most people are just daft. No sense. Samson got three warnings. The first time, he he tells Elijah, well, if you do this, I will lose my strength. Nothing happens. His strength is still there. The second time, he tells her, "Eh, bind me with new ropes. I will lose my strength. Guess what? The third time, he looked at the letter and said, This foolish man. He then decides to play around his hair. He said they use they certain things to weave my hair. That's what they call living a dangerous life. Supposing when they were weaving the haircuts But you see, that's confidence. Let me explain what that is a picture of the Christian and the church. Living dangerously. You want to do things that have such a huge attraction for you, for your flesh, not for God. And you begin to toy with them. The thing is, the moment you play round one, you are going to forever be caught in that game. If at the heart, in your heart, you've always wanted to find out what it would be like, you know the thing that's sad, a little bit about Christianity is that there are some young people here today. They've never really danced. Before they really started dancing, they became Christians. So they don't know what it's like to dance smooch. They've never danced smooch before in their lives. There are some people like that. The only thing is, thank God that you're a Christian. Remain as you are. If you allow somebody to tell you that that thing is a good job, <laughs> it should be just dance. When you dance once, you dance a second time, you dance a third time, finally you become a dancer. You will become a dancer. You see, because it's a step at a time. Something where's your strength? He didn't say, my hair. No. He said, okay, do this. It was a huge joke. Then he went to bed, slept. Meanwhile, spiritually, he was already asleep. That's why he could toy. How can you? You are a Christian. They say there's a gathering. And then they say that it's going to be a mixture. World and Christians. And they are all going to be there equally having fun. The fun of a Christian and the fun of the world, they are not the same. They can never be. That's what Samson was doing. The Philistines be upon you, Samson. Just got up and stretched and dealt with the people. A wise Christian. What should he do? He should have removed himself from that place. These days, Christian. It's okay. They said, the man plays first class saxophone. Pastor, let's just go and listen to him once. Hey, go and listen now. Then from listening, they will say, ah, let's dance a little bit. you get into trouble. The same trouble Samson got into. He was playing in the midst of the enemy. That's where he decided to pitch his tent. these days, the enemy whispers to some people, look at all those prostitutes suffering on the road. Why don't you do something about it? You say it's the Lord that has sent you on a mission. You go there, you'll be disgraced. You'll be disgraced. There's only one way. To save a soul, it's in the place of prayer. No prayer, no soul will be saved. Find somebody that you think is lost. If you can find a prostitute, know her name, don't talk to her, just pray for her. If you really pray, God will hear your prayer. And the way it works is the person will wake up one morning and we say, I'm not doing this anymore. Somebody said to me the other day, he said, people look at me and they wonder, See, because I used to smoke so much, I don't smoke anymore. And that it is only God that can remove that habit. And I ask from time to time, those of you who used to smoke, you woke up one morning, the desire had gone. Any such cases, people always put up their hands. If you tell the white man who knows about smoking, he will tell you it's not possible. They will tell you you have to be wearing a nicotine patch. But God can take the desire away. God takes desire away. Then I want to be found in the place where everybody is huffing and puffing smoke. Ah, The desire can come back. You are not supposed to be found in certain places. There are certain things we are not supposed to do not like joke not seriously Samson the third time he even plays a big expensive joke he says take my hand um, if you weave it I will lose my power he had reached dangerous proportions it's like a man who says a little for the stomach's sake So one day you drink a glass you see but because you are a Christian spiritual forces begin to work a normal person who doesn't know Christ can drink only a glass of wine every day forever and that's all but once you are a Christian you touch that wine the goodness that you will feel inside you you will see that one glass will become two two will become three and then you will remember Ah, you will remember what it was like Those days that You just tasted a bit Just small brandy in your coffee Problems Because a bit of alcohol Is a bit of fornication That's the good hand in hand There's no A bit of alcohol You talk a bit more You are a bit more extrovert You can't afford to play with things. You just must be, how? Separated unto God. Even just talk is dangerous. Even just talk. Some of us have friends who say very nasty things. I mean rude things. They just talk anyhow. You shouldn't be there because what is happening is that seeds are being sown seeds are being sown First Corinthians 15 says be not deceived, evil communications corrupts good manners and it does when we get to the place where we just talk and crack jokes anyhow eventually some of those things we will begin to do them that was what happened to Samson he was already asleep he was always in the place of danger. And he didn't know. Eventually, God realized that this man had a lesson to learn. So he left him alone. He says, Ephraim has joined himself to idols. Leave him alone. And when he left Samson alone, they took out his eyes. They took out his eyes. And the secret of strength in closing, is actually recorded for us in Judges chapter 15 verse 5. It says, he shall be a Nazarite unto the Lord. Why? Because he will deliver the children of Israel. From who? From the Philistines. It's in our consecration that there is deliverance. It's in setting yourself aside that there is power. That's what God wants. He is not going to be pleased if you take God of mercy and you play the instrumental version of it side by side with Lagbaja and say you are trying to influence him you influence Lagbaja. Didn't you don't hear the guy's name? Why don't you influence us here in church? First. The secret of strength. The Bible tells us. Judges thirteen five and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines to defeat the Philistines in life you must be a Nazarite you must be sanctified you must be set aside there are many things you ought not to do why just for the sake of God that's all that's all let's bow our heads and just talk to the Lord today but if you are in a place where you have gone too far ask God he can pull you back honestly you don't know what God can do he can pull you back for as long as your cup is not full God can pull you back remember it is only when the cup of the Amorites was full that judgment was set over them so there is still chance for us to pull back and know that the world and God have nothing in common only the Lord can save people let's begin to come to the place where we can pray people into the kingdom of God and stop thinking of the ways that we can do it in our own intellect just pray take the matter to the spiritual realm it sorts itself out let's just speak to the Lord today briefly on our own, now as we do so maybe there's one person here who needs to say today to the Lord Jesus, today I know you died for me I know you shed your blood on the cross for me. I know today that my life should be set aside separated completely unto you I want to do that separation unto you today Jesus please help me if you are here and you want to say that prayer just put up your hand wherever you are and we will put a card in your hand and then you can go ahead and pray the prayer is there anybody here who wants to say to the Lord today I realize that being a Christian is being separated unto the Lord it's not just coming to church. I want to be separated unto you, Lord. Today, I want to accept that sacrifice on the cross and make the vows of the Nazarite unto you. Is there any such sort of person here? Just put up your hand wherever you are. I will put a card in your hand. The rest of us, let's just talk to the Lord today. And as for strength, to become focused, not to be blown about by every doctrine. to become focused to see the Lord and the Lord alone ask God to show you and explain to you that these new other things are they also Christianity He will will reveal all things to you He alone knows all things and if you are already toying with sin today is a day to say just pull me back just pull me back Lord and He will He will will. Only God can do certain things. Oh, he can pull us back. He can.